Hi guys, welcome to Politics Hijacked. I'm Daniel. And I'm Matthew. Join us weekly as we discuss highly controversial topics, ask gut-wrenching questions, and have heated debates. Our society cancels everybody, gets really upset when people make logical observations, and censors everything. And on that note, today's topic is based around censorship. Um, I think when I think about censorship, the first thing that comes to my mind is places like big tech and social media, governments, celebrities or authority taking control over not necessarily what you say, but how you say it. And they twist everything you do, like your tweet, the pictures you post, they put tags on it, letting others know that perhaps what you're saying is not factual. And the biggest problem that I have with that is because the public are the people with the voices and the public make decisions. They decide who they want represent to them. They decide on their rights, what they want banned. They choose whether they stand for something or not. But people in authority are censoring them. They're taking away their voices. And a voiceless majority or voiceless public is an easier public to control. Yeah, it's sort of like a population control for the mind. And before we get any further into the topic, I know before any of you Karens go down with your finger warriors typing up some random rubbish, these are our views and our opinions. We've gone and collected stuff for us. If you don't agree with it, that's fine. Leave a comment down below. Tweet us, send us a message on Instagram. And in the next video, at the end of the video, we'll dedicate five minutes to go through any of the uh, comments that we get, answer them, and hopefully get another reply. And I think the main place that we actually see censoring is Twitter. Twitter is the biggest censorship haven that you can find, just like when you log in. So I made an interesting observation when we were creating the Twitter account for our channel. And if you haven't gone and followed us yet, go and follow us on Twitter at Politics Hijacked. And um, when you're starting off your account, they give you like recommended uh, accounts to go and follow. And under the news channels, Fox News isn't there. When you're looking under journalists, uh, Peter Lloyd isn't there. When you're looking under other uh, like general politicians, you know, Donald Trump doesn't come up. Candace Owens doesn't come up. When you're looking under debating and podcasting, uh, Ben Shapiro doesn't come up. Mark Latham don't come up. And there's an interesting connection that uh, joins all of these people that I've just mentioned together. And that is that they all have conservative views and they have, uh, they have a Republican uh, nature to them. And that's why we see Twitter does not uh, bring them up as recommendations. Well, even just that, Twitter goes to the extreme lengths of censoring people based on their bios or their profile pictures. For instance, they are, if you have the words QAnon, build the wall, keep us safe, make America great again, keep America great, patriotism, they immediately shadow ban. And if you're not aware what shadow banning in is, they allow you to tweet, but they reduce the number of people that can see your tweet. They even go to extreme lengths of banning you. And I know like there's a lot of people who are like calling someone a retard, it's quite harsh. But like liberals call the conservatives retards and they get left alone. And when as soon as a Republican or a conservative expresses their frustration and calls another liberal a retard, they're immediately blocked and they can't post, they can't retweet, they can't like anything. And I think when 
You look at the double standards in Twitter, it's not only in those cases, but there's bigger cases as well, such as the Kathy Griffin case. Yeah, so I know if you any got any sort of familiarity with the Kathy Griffin one, is that this case, it really highlights, highlights the double standards Twitter has with their, uh, their guidelines, and you would expect them to hold a much higher like uh, standard with their guidelines, and we see uh, it's obvious here. So on the 27th of May, we have Kathy Griffin. She's posting there, a syringe with nothing but air will do the trick. And then F. Trump, yeah, real mature, Kathy Griffin. Anyway, we then have Jim Acosta who replies to her and says to her, uh, this, he gives a bit of context because, I mean, also, when I hate it when people are going to tweet something without any context. And he, he then says to her, yeah, this, well, he gives a bit of context into it and says when Trump was at the World Health thing uh, and he, he has diabetes and when he was listening, he said to the doctor, what, should I be on insulin? He hasn't been taking insulin at all. So then she, that's her reply to Trump. And I mean, a syringe with air, obviously that's implying to have him killed or would, that's something that would kill him. And then when the Washington Examiner uh, replies to Kathy Griffin and says, she advocates for someone to stab Donald Trump with a syringe full of air. Like, I mean, what, what's going to happen? And then she says to them, yeah, I sure did F her again. Real mature Kathy Griffin. And for, for someone who has got awards for being a comedian, I personally think those awards should be taken away because someone doesn't have the right to have an award where people have gone and voted for this person and this person actually has no sense of maturity at all. Well, it even goes to the extreme lengths when she was on ABC News, I think two years back, and she was being glorified by the people on there for going around and uh, using this, that severed head of Trump's as her marketing ploy for her up-and-coming gigs. And when uh, she went on a tour in Australia, the Australian government, as well as various other news platforms in Australia, allowed her to come with that head on stage. And they um, like let her go free will, do what she wanted. But when you look at someone like Lauren Southern, who once made a joke about Islam, and obviously like religion's not something you joke about, but if you make a joke about Islam and then you're immediately banned from uh, ever coming back to the country, you should do the same thing for something where there's terroristic um, like motions involved. And what Kathy Griffin did can easily be described as something that's terroristic. So if you're going to ban someone for making a joke about one thing, don't censor that person and then allow for someone else to come forward and uh, do something that could equally be as bad. I'm just looking at a picture of Kathy Griffin right now. I actually do think she has a mental illness, just as an extra. I mean, if we look at the Twitter safety guidelines and that, we'll just look at two quickly. So she's already in violation of two with the violence uh, under violence. You may not threaten violence against an individual or a group of people. Okay, there we go. We have it. She's threatening violence, not only against the person, 
but against the President of the United States. That's a national threat. Now, can you imagine if that was Barack Obama? The world would have been uproar. Uh, she would have been cancelled. The news channel she would have, was on would have been cancelled. Her awards would have been taken away. But because it's a conservative or a Republican that she's making fun of, it's immediately deemed okay by the uh, big tech and by media sources because, you know, apparently in Hollywood or if you're a celebrity or you get the limelight, you can't be anything but liberal. And then, I mean, if we just look under one, uh, one other one under the terrorism and violent extremism, you may not threaten or promote terrorism or violent extremism. I mean, that's, that's violence and that's extremism. I mean, if you look at what the Taliban and the ISIS do, what they do is they sever people's heads off when when they want to uh, uh, prove a point. And that's, again, I mean, there we go. We have it. Oh, she's part of Islam, probably, or the, uh, not, oh, fuck, we can't say that. But uh, ISIS. She could possibly be part of ISIS. And if you're looking at the fact that, uh, and what, I, what annoys me is that she is an American, so she obviously knows that ISIS has killed many innocent Americans. And if you're going around and, almost replicating what they're doing with an American, it shows the lack of pride that you have for your country and for those who fought for you in the war. And so when, this, uh, when Twitter and them don't censor things like that, it not only enrages you on the level that you are not allowed to express your views, but other people are, but it enrages you on the level that Twitter is allowing for people to be demoralizing what the Americans stand for. Well, uh, that's actually kind of ironic that she was holding a severed head, which is something that the terrorist groups like your um, Taliban and ISIS do. Considering on Memorial Day, she went and she joined uh, warriors and uh, soldiers in the military to do a little um, stand-up comedy for them to thank them for their service. So on the one hand, we've got a thanking soldiers for their service. And then on the other hand, she thinks it's fine that soldiers are being... Um, thinks it's fine that be soldiers are being severed because, I mean, if she's holding up Donald Trump's head with the with a severed head, then she's okay with soldiers' being heads being severed too. But I think that's enough about that bloody redhead. Now on to the mask story with this whole China virus, corona, COVID crap going on in the world right now. And I think one of the biggest things where I see censoring in this modern world is with the masks like no one can ever try and convince me that government wants us to wear masks because it's safer for us because if you look at the reliability of a mask you'd be needing to wear this doomsday prepper thing that you would see in some over-exaggerated hollywood movie where there's a pandemic breaking out and i uh, show me one person that walks on the street with that a lot of people are working around with their Omar's brookies on their uh, freaking faces and you're telling me that that's protecting you. The mask story is a planned censorship. You can't allow for people to express themselves because if they're not wearing a mask, then they're immediately going to be arrested and then their views aren't taken seriously. And if you are able to control what people are saying, you're creating this very voiceless community that's easier for the government to control. I mean, what I'm going to start doing is next year, when we start going back to the schools and that, I've ordered myself two masks and go and order yourself one as well. Go support Caitlin Bennett. It's a mask that says worn by force, not by fear. So if you want to wear one of those masks, go buy one too. The link will be down below. 
Um, and I also want to say that with the South African government, they took the lockdown to extreme lengths. So not only were they censoring like our, uh, what we can say, but they were actually controlling what we consume, making it illegal to buy cigarettes, making it illegal to buy alcohol, making it illegal to buy certain other uh, non-related food products. I know, for instance, you weren't even allowed to buy brooms, toilet brushes, jick, handy andy. You were only allowed to go and buy food. You weren't even allowed to go to the shop and buy yourself a toaster or a kettle. So Not even a broom to sweep your house. So, like, if they're controlling what you consume, what you say, where you go, it's almost like Communist China, which is a censorship nation. They are a nation built on censoring, controlling everything that their people do. And so when you look at this whole coronavirus thing, when they tell you that they're doing a lot of the things to protect you, or they're doing a lot of the things because that's what the WHO told them to do, yeah, it might be uh, somewhat create a prevention barrier from uh, maybe contracting the virus, but it's also a very clever and smart technique that especially I think the South African government is using to their advantage. Because now with the corona thing, they go around and they have these rallies and they tell people, you know why you don't have masks? It's because of this person and that person. And then they use it as a ploy that they can say, but if you want masks, if you want to be safe, vote for us. Even though that for the next four years, they'll do nothing like they did for the past 24 years. But it is um, like a marketing ploy that they're using as well as a form of censoring that they're using. And also, I think it was uh, censorship in a different way where they were trying to, for instance, instead of them taking control of the situation, so then they use the coronavirus as this excuse of why people can't be doing certain things, people can't be going to work, and this. then you get this oh marvelous plan, they're going to bring out the UIF funds, and then the money disappears from the UIF funds, and, and then we have, instead of the president passing laws to try and catch these criminals, he passes gay laws. But that'll be a topic for another day, because I have a very strong opinion about it. And so when we look at the in like conclusion of the whole mask wearing thing, the mask wearing situation is just a situation that I believe they want to strike fear into people and then people will believe everything they say and then they won't want to question them and it makes them a lot easier for the government to do what they want to do without having to be questioned by anyone. And I think lastly, we want to look at the South African government in general with censoring. And I know that the South African government is very good at censoring. They are able to censor people from comedians to the low-end income. And as soon as you disagree with them, their censoring technique goes to racist. Yeah, so for instance, if we look at AfriForum, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's an organization that deals with uh, sort of like things that the government doesn't want to deal with. So for instance, farm attacks and farm murders. And I mean, because the guy who runs AfriForum is a white man and he goes to the courts fighting against these farm attacks. Okay, now AfriForum's a racist, this guy's a racist. And I mean, when you want to bring up topics about farm attacks and farm murders, no one wants to talk about it because people, are, you know, the government is so, they, they, they wrap everything around it and say, oh, this is a myth. I mean, when Cyril Ramaphosa, he went to the UN and he, to the annual UN conference or whatever, 
And I mean, Donald Trump had a tweet on his things asking Sir Ramaphosa, uh, what's this thing with the the EFF and all of that calling for the killing of white people and white farmers and white, uh, being attacked and murdered. And then Sir Ramaphosa said, oh, that's a lie. That there's no, the, no farmers are murdered. I mean, the stats don't lie. Last year, there was around 534 farm attacks that occurred. And with regards to that, when this whole farm attack incident came up, and the reason I want to touch on it is because it was not only a situation whereby people were being killed, but it was a situation where the government was deliberately censoring the activists who were fighting for the rights of farmers. Is they rapid in racism? Because in this country, as soon as you deem racist or you have that stigma or that tag of could be a racist surrounding you, you immediately, everything you've got to say is deemed as a myth or it's deemed as false. And then the 50-odd million South Africans, well, supposedly legal South Africans, immediately start questioning whether what you, your beliefs are correct. And so the government uses that to their advantage is they just associate you with being racist in order to censor you. And we look at that with uh, Katie Hopkins and the South Af African uh, farm attack incident, which I'm not very familiar with, but I uh, know Daniel is. So basically, she was just a UK journalist who came out to South Africa to do a documentary on, on crimes, basically. And then she started touching on about farm attacks and farm murders, and she stayed on a farm, and she experienced like the crap that they have to go through and I mean she published that documentary about how farm attacks is like this unseen uh, uh, criminal offense that's occurring in South Africa and how the police force and the government are just ignoring it completely and I mean when she was trying to leave the country to go back to the UK they stopped her at the border and they told her that she's not leaving and they actually detained her for a couple of days while they said she was under investigation for opposing the government for, because she was committing treason. She, that's what she was under investigation for. She went back to the UK and then in the UK. So the, the, firstly, she was censored there and then she's got a life ban. She's not allowed to come back to South Africa. And then in the UK alone, her own home country, because she was fighting against these Pakistanis who are coming over from Pakistan and all these stupid Somalians coming over from Somalia where, oh, we must be so... We must be so sympathetic for them because they're living such hard lives yet they are criminals they're coming they're flooding the uk they're destroying the uk market people in the uk are battling to get jobs the the money the tax that the the people in the uk are paying are going to supporting these stupid illegal immigrants that oh the un feels so sorry for and if you don't let them in then you are a racist you don't support human life. That's what they use. That's their ploy to use against people who don't stand for this. So then in the UK, because she's fighting against these Pakistanis and these Somalians, she gets deemed this big racist lady that doesn't give a crap about human lives. And then she loses her house. She loses her podcast channel. She loses uh, her radio station. So then they start censoring her on that level so that she has a smaller group that she can spread this message to. I mean, it's, it's a fact. We all know. The Pakistanis, they're creating an epidemic unknown in the UK, but the government censors anyone who's trying to alert uh, people about it. So if you want to have a look at Katie Hopkins' uh, documentary, we'll also link that down below. Go check it out. Because if, if you honestly don't believe that what's happening, it's probably because you're being censored too.
and on a much less of a severe case are censoring like in we, South Africa. If we look on an everyday level, that's quite a funny thing, actually. Life orientation. If you're unaware because you're not living in South Africa, life orientation is la- a subject that was introduced, I think, around 2010, if I'm not mistaken, into South African schools. And it was this idea that they would teach students how to live a life. So they teach you, like, studying skills, your rights, your responsibilities, what peer pressure is, how can you avoid it, how to cross a river, how to do the Macarena dance, even though I don't know how. But they have a very clear indication of how they censor people, especially in the year that we're in. We are, uh, when we have just completed this year, we had to do, I think, like three other projects and write a few tests. And I know for a fact that when we questioned our other teacher about their marking rubric or the strategy of how they mark, he immediately told us that if you're not answering from a liberal perspective and you're not answering based on what a democracy would answer on, you immediately mark down by about eight marks. Yeah, well, when I was in grade eight, we had a history uh, test and there was an essay in the test worth about 30 marks or whatever. It was in the final exam or something. And when we were, it was about Jan van Riebeek and uh, the topics were, is he a villain or is he a hero? And when my friend and myself, we went after uh, the test to talk to the history teacher, I won't mention his name. And the first thing that he said to us is, if you wrote, if in your opening line, you said Jan van Riebeek is a hero, you lost 15 marks. So you're already capped at 50% because he said, then, then you sh- you're supporting a racist or something. And I said to him, well, not necessarily. You could just have uh, have a different view on it and have a, uh, have a different opinion based on it. doesn't mean you support him as a racist, but you support certain things of him. And then I said to uh, uh, my friend, well, now we obviously see in order to get the marks, you have to write it on their view. So there we go, censoring at the lower level. And when we brought that up with our other teacher this year, like... You know, that's actually very unfair for a country that deems themselves a a democracy and they pride themselves on having a constitution that allows for people to have a freedom of speech. He said to us, it's not based on freedom of speech. It's based on how you are answering questions for people's human rights. And so I said to, you know, my argument would be, how is it based on human rights? So are you saying that immediately if I support a conservative or Republican ideologies, I'm a person, like I'm a rapist, I'm a murderer, I'm a crime, uh, I'm involved in crime because I don't uh, support human rights. It's not that case. To me, it is early signs of a government censoring. It's like communist China. You just brainwash the kids when they're young so that they begin to think like a liberal and then when they get older, they don't question anything you say because they, in their heads they are engraved in thinking like idiotic liberals, like leftist wing uh, dickheads. That's how they begin to think because they are not used to being able to express patriotic ideologies. And we actually do see that with like quite a few of our cousins as well. Our family, I would say, we are quite um, conservative mindsetted. But yeah, there if are take, if we take an average of the But family. there are like the younger kids in our family are very like liberal thinking. And that 
the only thing I can attribute that to because their parents aren't liberal thinking is life orientation. Because when we were in school, we weren't introduced to life orientation until maybe like grade six. And so by then we had already developed ideologies that we believed in. But those younger kids have had life orientation since grade one. And so for 16 years, they've been taught to think like liberals, to not question liberal mentality. And it's a very easy way that government can ensure that they have one authority, one ruler, and whatever they say goes. Almost exactly like communist China would do, just with a bit more of a human right aspect involved as well. Yeah, we were talking to that other teacher and the discussion of homophobia came up and he was telling us how these guys, when they were asked, they were asked or the teacher asked an opinion uh, to his one class in matric and these guys said, no, gay people are, must, uh, must be stoned. And I said to the, the teacher, well, technically you can't say that that opinion's wrong because in certain religions... And in certain cultures, that is their belief that it's wrong. How are you going to stand there? He, he, first, he deems himself as a free thinker, what, a self-proclaimed feminist, uh, a human rights activist who allows for all religions to be practiced in any school regardless. Yet he can't allow for the person's opinion to be accepted. Based on religion. And so when they were, they were actually asked by their teacher to leave, immediately to my mind, it's not, I, I, to my mind, it doesn't come to my mind, oh, maybe she's supporting human rights. What comes to my mind is, oh, she's being censored by the government. She's got that liberal mindset engraved in her that she can only think like a liberal. And anything that's not liberal thinking, she must eradicate quickly. And my kudos go out to the other boy. Good for you. Express your religion, express your conservative views, and if people don't like it, then let them kick you out. Why change yourself for the government who wants to censor you? Yeah, and the final note here that I just want to bring up is on YouTube. I was having a watching these this video, and I stopped watching this channel because they decided they're going to educate their children about politics, but they decided they're going to do a one-sided educational tour a censoring tour and i decided okay i'm not going to let this happen so i sent them a message and i've never got a reply back from them i'm quite disappointed because when i want to talk to people i it's common courtesy to get a reply whether you, you want to reply or not it's common courtesy and i said to them it's fine that you want to educate your children it's good you want to educate them it's good that you want to teach them from now about things but don't educate them on a one-sided basis. So they were going and they were trying to promote their kids to vote for ba- to support Biden and Harris because Harris is going to be this first woman. And I said to him, it's fine. Educate your children, but educate them both ways. Did you tell your children that Joe Biden is an extreme racist in the 70s and 80s? Did you tell your children that Joe Biden signed a bill with a bill, a bill in 96 to mass incarcerate black people that were committing menial crimes at maximum sentencing time? Did you tell your children that Joe Biden said if you don't vote for him, you're not black? Did you tell your children that in 1970-whatever, he told a news presenter that no, he doesn't want, his children, he doesn't want schools to coagulate with one another because then it would be a racial jungle so it's fine educate your children but educate them both ways so that your child at the end of the day 
that person can make a decision what they think is right. Yeah, don't educate them with the censored information that you see on CNN. Don't educate them on what you see of a 15 second clip it uh, or snippet of a video out of Twitter. Educate them with the real information. Give them the full view. And I think my final thoughts with censoring is that you need to speak up. I know a lot of people then they say to you, oh, but you can't speak up. That is wrong. You must just agree with everything. Well, no. If you agree with everything, we'll end up being like Iraq, where people don't have rights. And China, where your rights are controlled by the government. And many other Asian countries where you don't have a say. And so if you don't speak up and you allow for various authorities to censor you, be prepared to work a 19-hour shift in a factory with a 79-year-old next to you. I think if my final thought on it is that these people that are trying to censor us, Twitter, Facebook, whoever, the government, take your censorship, climb on your ship and go home. If you enjoyed today's episode, why don't you leave a like and a review down below. If you disagree with anything, leave a comment and we'll have a look at that next week. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Politics Hijacked. I'm Matthew. And I'm Daniel. And this was the P Politics Hijacked.